0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm a congregational consultant with Troubling the Waters.
1: And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Director of Formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
0: And welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. We'll be talking about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday, January 14th, 2024, the second Sunday after Epiphany in year B. And I was just thinking, you know, I would named Troubling the Waters after a verse in John... 5, verse 4. I wonder if we'll ever talk about that.
1: Oh, wouldn't that be me?
0: So. I'd like it. Let's wait for that day. Let's just talk about it today. No. Instead, No? Okay. I'm prepped for this one. All right. We're talking about a different part of John today, from the first chapter of John. But you know what, everyone? Before we talk about the gospel, we have a question for Charlotte, mm. because she is bound by law <laughs> to share with us a place where she saw God this past week. Mm. And only this past week, I've got it. Okay, Charlotte, do you have a God sighting?
1: I do, but I would like to put a disclaimer to the law, which <laughs> is because that my has to go to committee. <laughs> because my God sighting is less than a week old. However, mm-hmm. when our listeners hear it, it will be multiple weeks old. Right. And so I'm just naming the fact that from when I am revealing, I see where I felt God's presence in this world. My consolation, I see that it is timely. Right. But that it will feel historical when heard.
0: <laughs> I like it. So you want to add an addendum?
1: Correct. Okay. Okay. So. Second. <laughs> Discussion? All in favor? Aye. <laughs> and on that note, so- please vote
0: on Instagram. <laughs> Leave your vote on Instagram. Thank you.
1: Okay. So my God sighting comes from when I was preparing my Christmas gifts this year. It is my practice Mm -hmm. to make my gifts. And as the listeners have heard before, and certainly you all know that my prayer practice is actually pouring candles. Mm-hmm. And so often at Christmas time, um, I prepare candles to give as gifts. Mm-hmm. And this year, the candles I chose to prepare are scented and labeled for the four weeks of Advent. So hope, peace, joy, and love. Mm-hmm. As I was filling them, all of my prayers this year This year, and actually, all of my prayers, pretty much in general, right now are for peace Mm. because the conflict in this world Mm -hmm. is feeling overwhelming Mm -hmm. to me. That I even just saying it aloud, I feel that constriction in my chest, Mm -hmm. thinking about the state of the world and the state of the people of this world, and all of that. And so, as I am pouring them, as the wax melts, as I glue the wicks into the bottom, as I bring It to the temperature that it needs to be so that all of the scent doesn't burn off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as I scent them and pour them and release the air bubbles from them, my prayers through all of that have been for peace this year and peace in our lives and for ourselves and peace for this world.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And maybe that's a God sighting in and of itself. But the peace that felt like God's movement into it is as people may have picked up on we are a musical bunch Mm. and so we are often either relating something to a song or I'll catch myself humming something and I don't necessarily know where it has come from and so it's something that has brought a connotation to my mind that has resulted in a song Mm -hmm. and so the one that I realized that I was humming all the way through preparing these actually comes from St. Patrick's Breastplate oh (laughs) I know it is not timely. S- I know, <laughs> but it was. Yeah, but it was because it's the section that comes towards the end where it's "Christ be with me, Christ within me." Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, when you sing this with children or with teens, you will also sub other words mm-hmm. in. And I realized that what what my prayer was, mm-hmm. what the prayer that was on my heart in all of that, was peace. Mm-hmm. And so I offer this to you as my God sighting Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps to share it with all of you, which is peace be with me, peace within me, peace behind me, peace before me, peace beside me, peace to win me, peace to comfort and restore me, peace beneath me, peace above me, peace in quiet, peace in danger, peace in hearts of all that love me, peace in mouth of friend and stranger. Mm. And I think that it was particularly like those last two lines. Like mm-hmm. I could cry right now, and just mm-hmm. saying them aloud is like just peace, God's peace, in mouth of friend and stranger, mm-hmm. feels so needed, yeah, <laughs> and so far away, and so far away. Yeah. That sounds like a desolation to me. <laughs> no, the consolation. Oh, okay was in it being in my heart.
0: <laughs> You're right. I don't get to decide. No. No.
1: Desolation of the world, yeah. but consolation in the of heart. the words of my Absolutely. heart.
0: Thank you for sharing,
1: mm-hmm. Charlotte.
0: And we would always love to hear from you all. If you've got a God sighting, a consolation or a desolation. If you have a question or comment or story from this week's discussion around the gospel, we would love to hear from you. We would also love to hear what your point would have been for this week's episode. And you can get in touch with us in all those ways listed in the episode. You can go to... uh Instagram at faith2go. Tag us, uh, follow us, direct message us. You can email us, faith2go at edst.org. And we are now going to transition into our gospel discussion again for this upcoming Sunday, January 14th, 2024. That's the second Sunday after the Epiphany in year B. Uh, but we're not talking about Mark today. No. John's getting we are this, in John. We're getting those Johns sprinkling it in. Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll be talking about John 1 43 to 51. Charlotte is going to read it, and then I'll have a little bit of context, and we each have a point.
1: The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, "'Come and see.'" When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, "'Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit.'" Nathanael asked him, "'Where did you get to know me?' Jesus answered, "'I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you.'" Nathanael replied, "'Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel.'" Jesus answered, "'Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree?' you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man.
0: That sounds intense.
1: It does. And uncomfortable. They are just tackling him over and over <laughs> <Yes>. again. Whoa! <laughs>
0: uh, that sounds painful. Poor Son of Man. <laughs> Can't catch a break. Um, all right, here we are, back in John. Prologue of John's Gospel. That was the first Sunday after Christmas. The only Sunday in Christmas actually this year. So that was John 1 through 18. This is all the way down in John 43. So Jesus has essentially this is like this the whole second half of of John 1 is Jesus calling disciples. So right before this, Jesus calls Andrew and Peter around the Sea of Galilee. Then this is the very next thing. So Jesus is moving around, starting to put together his followers, his group of followers. And this is fun because there's a story we only get in John. Lots of stories in John we only get in John. But this is a fun one because it's like a little, it's like a more extended version of a call story than we usually get, you know. Very often it's like Phillips, which is just, follow me. And they're like, all
1: right, let's go. And
0: then they go. Uh-huh. It's nice to have, you know, a little bit of a window into the humanity of such a decision, <laughs> you know, from from Nathaniel. So. I think that goes to Charlie's point. It does so, because I want to talk about
1: Nathaniel. Yeah, um, it's fun to talk about someone new and different, isn't it? I mean, I mean, we could, we could just talk about Jesus' baptism if you. Wanted. I was toying with that
0: idea pre-production. You know, just
1: one more time,
0: <laughs> one more time, <laughs> one more time. I want to celebrate Jesus' baptism day all right now.
1: But instead, we're going to talk about Nathaniel. And I wanted to talk about Nathaniel because of the experience of when Philip goes to him and Mm -hmm. and says to come and go with him. Mm -hmm. And Nathaniel replies with sass. So sassy. Right? And so maybe, maybe I am reading tone where it does not belong, but I am not sure that you can read the words, can anything good come out of Nazareth without tone? (laughs) Can you, can you read that in a way that sounds like welcoming and inviting? I cannot. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Oh. <laughs> but still, that still implies. Like, you know I
0: don't think he was really wondering. Yeah. I think he was being sarcastic.
1: Yeah, there was some sass there coming mm-hmm. from him. And yet we often say, or I often say, that you can't hold judgment and curiosity at the same time. And this statement feels full of judgment. Yeah. The judgment about everyone and everything that comes out of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And yet, he went... And so for me, there's something in that moment that's really powerful, that shift from judgment to curiosity of being curious enough to know, like, is what Philip is saying true, that he was willing to even go. Yeah. And so maybe he wasn't all the way there, like, because we get the second half of the call story that comes up right after it. But it does speak to an unexpected openness within him to have been able to say There's nothing good that happens in Nazareth and then still be willing to go. And so then what happens for him, I think, is amazing because it doesn't feel as though perhaps Jesus saying, I saw you under the fig tree, should be the thing that immediately shifts him into knowing that Jesus is the son of God. This was before ring doorbells, but still, it doesn't feel as though that should have been the thing. And
0: sponsored by Ring Doorbells, <laughs> this section of the podcast.
1: We are not sponsored by anybody. but <laughs> we well, um, ex- invite a sponsor for the Episcopal Diocese yeah, right, of San necessary, Diego, necessary, necessary. correct. Um, but I think that what I hear in this so clearly is that first, Jesus says, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And that speaks to a level of knowing that is beyond seeing someone seated beneath a fig tree. It mm-hmm. speaks to knowing what was in that person's heart, when they were seated under that fig tree. And we don't get that part of the story, right? Like so much of the gospel is revelatory and we get to hear about it. And then there's other parts that we get to wonder about and hold curiosity about. And so what was Nathaniel doing sitting underneath the fig tree? Was he in conflict at the time? Was his internal discussion around, you know, some challenge that he was facing? Was he wrestling with something that is, was known only to him and to God? Maybe. We don't know it. But we do have Jesus' language of truly here is a person in which there is no deceit. Then when we have Jesus answering, when Nathaniel says to him, well, how do you know me? And Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. It is that being seen and known as your authentic self is such a powerful thing that in that moment of being truly seen by Jesus, Mm -hmm. it is almost as, well, it is, we know now, but maybe Nathaniel didn't know in that moment, but it is as being seen by God, Mm -hmm. of having someone clearly see your soul and name you as worthy, someone in whom there is no deceit. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about what that means for... Nathaniel, and for all of us. So in the lectionary readings, we also get Psalm 139, which I think is perhaps an on-purpose choosing in all of this. And that one speaks to our belovedness by God, right? Like that we are fearfully and wonderfully made exactly where we are. And so I think that that falls very nicely in alignment with this person in whom there is no deceit, because Mm -hmm. that says to me... Maybe it's not that you've never told a lie in your entire life, but that you live as your authentic self. Right, And that speaks to your point from last week's gospel it, when we were talking about all of it, is that opportunity of being in relationship with God in our full and complete selves, that that allows us to follow more closely and to to help bring the kingdom here mm-hmm. and now. Mm-hmm. And so really for me, it's just this opportunity to connect with Nathaniel as this really human character, more fleshed out than we often get yeah. in all of these things, who's able to shift from judgment to curiosity and through that is able to have his own authenticity revealed to him, mirrored to him, and then be able to fully see God through that.
0: Mm-hmm. I love Jesus' re- reply to him. It seems like a weird interaction, like, because, yeah. like, to say an Israelite with no deceit is not like a very personal thing. It seems like you know to like for Nathaniel to react the way that he does, but like it's like so cool that Jesus is like, I don't need this guy to believe something about me to invite him to follow me. What I want is truthful, authentic people. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, it's not that like it's not that he says, oh, here's a an, here's an Israelite with no sass. <laughs> Here's an Israelite Jesus that's never said <laughs> that's never said a judgmental thing, uh, yeah no, Jesus doesn't care about that. He's like, here's a person just being themselves uh-huh. that's what I want right there. you know, and for Nathaniel, like to be known in that way must be revolutionary to him because just maybe he's just a judgmental guy, and he's constantly getting shot down for being judgmental, you know in relationship, you know, and like people. I'm just imagining, like how freeing it must be for Nathaniel for Jesus to be like, "I like you. I like you because you're just honest. Just like you, you're just you, Nathaniel, yeah. and that's all I want." You know, good on Nathaniel, like you're saying for being, for being willing to to wonder. You know, mm-hmm. for going like his ideology about Nazareth, his beliefs about what is true about Nazareth and Nazarenes don't keep him from interacting and trying with Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants. Mm -hmm. He just wants people that will be willing to be open-minded about things that they have preconceptions about.
1: Well, and not having to jump all the way into the next thing. It's just taking the next step. Yeah. Just the next, one next thing.
0: Right. And like thinking about that then, like it's really beautiful Nathaniel's response then to Jesus to be like, wow, you really are divine because that is a divine quality to be able to hold space for me to be so centered and grounded in yourself that for me to be myself doesn't threaten you and shut Mm -hmm. you down that goes into my point i think because i'm thinking about nathaniel as well and i'm thinking about this last verse so weird (laughs) what what is he talking about
1: are they Yo-yos.
0: Yeah. Are they on again? The tackling. I'm confused. Is it a ladder? <laughs> what are they on? Is it an elevator system? Is it pulleys? Escalator. <gasps> Ooh. Can never break. Escalator. Only turns into stairs. I think that <laughs> that was a Mitch Hedberg joke. so I can't take responsibility for that one. Shout out to Mitch Hedberg. We'll list them in the references. <laughs> yes, we will. um our right, rest in peace, Mitch Hedberg. So I'm just I'm struck by this, like, what is Jesus talking about? Like, everything I can follow up to this line. And then it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Very truly, I tell you, you will... I'm like, do you, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than these? Of course, that sounds epic. That's cool. So true. Just think about all the stuff Nathaniel's going to see with Jesus. He's going to see a guy raised from the dead who stinketh, (laughs) you know? He's going to see Jesus raised from the dead. Can you believe all those things? But no, no, no. Jesus doesn't cite those things. No. Jesus says, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What? So I'm like, what is happening here? (laughs) It's so confusing. And so I'm thinking like, okay. What's Jesus talking about? We have this whole thing about like being known, you know me, you see me, being seen for who you are. And it really, it's it brings me to the the same feeling as the transfiguration, right? Where this otherworldly thing happens. Now, Nathaniel is not there for the transfiguration. This was my point maybe even this year when we talked about the transfiguration. I was talking about like, you know, the beauty of Jesus revealing the depth of who he is to the people that he loves, you know, and how amazing that is—that that is like miraculous in itself. And I'm just thinking about like if if this is maybe that like the angels of God ascending and descending on, on the Son of Man. If we're thinking about Jesus as this as the human one, the Son of Man, that like Jesus is this is Jesus Jesus's way of talking about his like connection to the divine, you know, that like there's this constant back and forth between God. And Jesus, the Father, or what however we want to conceptualize you know the the d- the divine spirit of the world this it's like you're gonna you're gonna get a glimpse into a thing, something will be revealed to you that you can't see but is already happening, you know, like that i that there is this back and forth, there's this movement between there's this deep connective dynamic movement t- between Jesus and like. God's spirit in the world, you know, which is, which is beautiful, which we are all invited to, you know, and we can feel that sometimes when we're like deeply grounded in the flow of life, you know, we're connected to the flow of God in the world. And so Jesus is saying like the greater thing you're going to see is my authentic self. Mm. You're going to get a glimpse into the depth of who I am. And so I love that, like, like you're saying, there's this beauty in Nathaniel being known. There's something salvific to him. That There's something saving to him, something healing for him about being known, about being seen, about being invited just as he is, as the sassy, judgmental, grumpy guy.
1: <laughs> I didn't say he was grumpy.
0: I'm going to call him grumpy. I just think okay. it's important that he's grumpy. Jesus says, yeah, that is amazing. The greatest, the greater thing, the thing that's even greater than a person being known deeply is for two people to deeply know each other, you know, for a depth of relationship that is mutual, that goes back and forth where, yeah, I see you, I see who you are. I invite you to be your full self and you along this journey will see all of me as well. And that's a level of intimacy that is, that saves the world. Hmm and a level of intimacy that Jesus is always inviting the people that he around him the people that he interacts with the people that he just randomly meets you know Jesus is just there you know which is incredible which is indicative of his deep connection to life and and the flow of life and the flow of God in the world to be able to be so vulnerable and intimate right off the bat And something that Jesus wants for for Nathaniel, for Philip, for all the people that follow for all the people he knows and loves and sees in the world, for every single person and for us, that we could be so fortunate not just to be known, but to know someone else deeply as well, you know? And to have that depth of relationship with more and more and more people in our life and in the world. And that, thinking back to last week, like, if we're talking about, like, what is revolutionary about like knowing the depth of ourselves, then when we can know the depth of who we are, we can know the depth of who someone else is. And if they know the depth of who they are, they can communicate that to us. And then it's all just like we're spiraling towards something greater than, you know, the sum of our parts. And that's the kingdom of heaven is like people deeply being known, being seen and knowing each other and, and it just seems like such a beautiful place to be, you know? It's such a healing moment to be known, you know? I was thinking, I <laughs> think about this. I had a moment with my friend. I was out to coffee or something, and she's so funny. She'll, like, bring um, just, like, a bag of cold cuts as, like, a snack. All right. Yeah, or, like, a box, of like, a little, like, container of fruit or something, you know? And so one time she was like, sitting there and we were having coffee and she was like, yeah, I just I just need to eat something real quick. And I was like, probably a bag of cold cuts, right? <laughs> and she started laughing because it was, it was a bag of cold cuts. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, to be known, you know? Oh, yeah. to be known in such small ways is so magical, you know, to just know that you're safe there.
1: Mm-hmm. As you were talking, one of the things I was thinking about is that beauty of Being authentically known and knowing someone else there, that what it requires is that vulnerability too. Mm -hmm. And naming that, that is a piece of this exchange that we see between Nathaniel and Jesus was the vulnerability of being open to going, right? Like being open to being wrong, yeah. Um, and that something good has come yeah. out of Nazareth. Right. That's the first vulnerability right yeah. there. To wonder um, right? vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. But then also in, in this exchange with Jesus, there is this level of vulnerability between the two of them and what uh-huh. is said. Uh-huh. And thinking about that opportunity in conversations that we have with each other and uh-huh. being invited not only into authentic relationship with God, but with each other, it does require a level of openness and vulnerability uh-huh. To, to, to create that space.
0: Yeah, encourage and, mm-hmm. and like Jesus sets this incredible example where not only is he willing to be vulnerable, but he's willing to be vulnerable to the point of death because he invites a person that, like in John's gospel, so interesting that Jesus knows Judas is going to be the one to betray mm-hmm. him in like the fifth chapter, like mm-hmm. so early on. And he still is himself with that person, you know? And it's, it's like, that's the only way Jesus can be. Is, the, is vulnerable to the point of death and, like, intimate to the point of death, you know? And, like, this, there's this guy, uh, Russ Hudson, who's an Enneagram guy, but I heard him say one time, it's hard to love and be vulnerable, to love people that will hurt and disappoint mm-hmm. us. But there are no other kinds of people. So what are we going to do? We just, we have to be willing to be open-hearted to be hurt, but to know that there is life on the other side of that, you know, again, not like constantly putting ourselves in situations where we're going to be hurt necessarily. But just to know that, like, to be vulnerable and open hearted is also an invitation to to sorrow and to pain. But there is no other way to live. You know? And there's
1: beauty in that, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there we are. Two points again. We did it. Point number one was Charlotte's, I think it was about this gospel. It was, yeah. could have been. It was about uh, Nathaniel and Philip Nathaniel's uh, willingness to wonder, you know, in the face of, of judgment and his sassiness, you know, and Jesus' Jesus's response to, to him to just invite his authentic self, you know, and how beautiful that is. And number two was mine, the kind of reciprocal nature of that knowing, you know, of Jesus' invitation that to see greater things, which is to see him. You know, to be known and to know. And that is a beautiful gift, Mm -hmm. you know, to have that mutuality. So, having heard those two points, we'd love to know what your point would have been. We'd love to know if you have any questions or comments or stories in your week of faith discussion and reflection. If you've seen God or not recently in your life. We'd love to hear from you. You can find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed in the description for this episode.
1: If you enjoy listening to Faith to Go, please like it. Please share it. Please tell your friends. Invite more people into this community with us.
0: That's right. Again, referenced Mitch Hedberg, Escalators, Never Breaking, Turning into Stairs. And, you know, Ring Doorbell, if you're out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say the hymn, St. Patrick's Breastplate, but no, Ring Doorbell. I
0: think that's public public domain. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about the gospel for the third Sunday after the epiphany. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. everybody.